0: I need a sidebar sound. Like effect. a little cocktail glass.
1: Yeah, exactly. Clink, like a cocktail yeah. drink going down the
0: clink of ice in a in a tumbler. Kind That's of, exactly
1: yeah. what I thought of. And welcome back to another episode of the Refactor Podcast, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck a little less each day. My name is Frank Cole. And my name is Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode 040, recorded on September 23rd, 2021. So we need to set a policy that I don't join the Zoom with you until the recording is rolling because we keep doing this where we start good conversation as we're just yeah, bantering. And then lose it. You, it we, we do trying this banter to get this, thing. Trying
0: to turn the knobs and pull a, the levers. Exactly.
1: And exactly. So get this you been, Rube
0: Goldbergian audio system we've <laughs> it,
1: got it really, rolling. It really freaking is Rube Goldbergian. That's it a, it is is that that feels an that word? way. Is that is that an actual word? I, Rube oh, I say it all the time. That would be great. I say it all the time. If that's an so actual it's word, that is fantastic. Um, it's official. So, uh,
0: you know. It really feels that way, though, like it's for anybody who's not done any kind of like recording or anything, uh, it, you know, and it's it's ver- it's conceptually it's simple. You have a microphone, you have a mixer, either hardware or software, and then you hook that into your chat program. Right. So we're usually using Zoom. That's it. You think that that's that's it. It's much easier said than done oh <laughs> until gosh. you're done with all of the different inputs oh and gosh. outputs and how. And being a newbie to like I've like I'm not a musician I'm not a performer I didn't do stage crew in high school or like I don't know you know we we started this whole thing and I'm learning this world now mm-hmm. um, and so like all the terminology like you can get lost down
1: rabbit holes oh and, why is this called this and but, it's ridiculous it goes it, I mean it gets deep really really fast. And it's It's almost like
0: an entire industry has been devoted to this for decades.
1: Almost. (laughs) It's almost as if you could make a job out of this. What is this? I I don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I mean, I mean, I have been dealing with that times 10 because, you know, I do the recording. And so I have not only so I've got to handle my own setup so that you can hear it but I also have to handle the setup to record myself to record, record it. You right. record the soundboard, you know, <laughs> you know, this crap just doesn't come together magically. Mm-hmm. You have to pipe it all together so that I hear the that sound. came over. That that's, that came over a little hot. It came over a little I don't hot. Know if you you it back, turn that, it down. Yeah. All right. I'll, t- I'll turn it down. I'm not going to play it again, but I'll turn it down a little bit now. Yeah. Um,
0: Anyway, so I, I anyway, yes, yeah, it's, that- it's a complicated, it's yeah. a complicated thing. And it's finicky when something it like when Audacity uh, Audition decides to update or voice meter decides to wig out like it's, yeah. it gets
1: weird. Yeah. yeah so the voice meter is the thing that, that, you know, we pipe everything through it. I'm using it. You're using it. It's this really nice app that basically gives you these virtual inputs and outputs. And so you can, you know, connect things and then split, the, you know. Send the 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 resulting audio out to multiple outputs. So you have multiple inputs and multiple outputs coming to it, and and you can get really um, you can get it's really a great cool application. With it. It's a great app. It's a great it application. Has, it sometimes does not play nice with everything? I have seen it barf on Zoom. I've seen it barf on mm-hmm. Audition. I've seen it barf on Discord. Um, it just I'm not sure in what it is. in what way. Well. Uh,
0: uh, cuz I've had two specific issues with it over time and I know what they are. I'm curious if yours are the same. All right,
1: so uh the one that I get a lot is uh, robot voice. Like I get this mm-hmm. it's a very uh staticky, grainy sound track. One of our earliest episodes you may recall actually got completely Borked because we oh, were yeah. recording it, it was uh, it voice ate it. Had- was that Yes, that was voice meter and it just completely mm-hmm. barfed and the episode was ruined. I couldn't, there was no way to recover it. Um, so there's, there's that. And then there's. Um, Which is really a loss to our billions of loyal fans. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, m- maybe, maybe, you know, we will take the untold millions in uh, confiscatory advertising rates that we obviously collect here <laughs> and. And, you know, hire a, you know, hire one of these uh, fabled audio professionals and see if they can't recover the audio from that, uh, from that clip. If they exist. I'm not certain that this is actually a thing. Right, right. It
0: seems like maybe
1: they should exist somewhere based on the, uh, I mean, I don't know. I've, you know, know, given the depth, it seems like it's possible, (laughs) but anyway, uh, so it does the robot voice and then other times it literally just craps out. It it just disconnects. And that could be the problem is because there are so many touch points, it's really hard to place the culprits voice meters in the middle. And so I kind of blame it. And I, you know, I kill voice meter and turn it back on and things sort of tie back together, but it's not uncommon for me to have to cycle all the applications involved. So I'll even cycle, you know, down to that microphone. I will unplug the, the Yeti. Oh my god! Turn it back on. Yeah. Like I, 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 I do full Microsoft, turn it off, turn it back on again, style stuff sometimes. To get it to play nice um generally it works fine it works fine most of the time it's just that it i don't know it's probably a driver thing it's peripherals suck peripherals universally i I think it
0: i think it's got to be a driver os system kind of issue because i have two problems with it one is that from time to time i will get um some static feedback nobody else hears it but i get static feedback it's like Mm -hmm. a it's like a, a a like a series of of ticks that start very frequent and then trail off for the course of twenty seconds or so. Oh, yeah I know that sound. Tick. Um, that's a that's
1: so that's a happened thing. to me. Yeah, that's there's a, yeah. there's a term for I, that's a known symptom for a known thing. I just can't oh, remember is it? what it. Yes, okay. I just don't know what it yeah. is uh, off the top of my head, but I, I know what you're talking about. And there's a. Yeah, so Um, I don't get that. That'll happen sometimes, and I also,
0: I you know, switching between my work and personal machine, um, I will. I have a a USB hub and a USB switch. Yeah, and Uh so uh, if I if I go if I move machines, then when I come back to the one that's got Voice Meter on it, I've got to restart Voice Meter, which kind of makes sense. Like I don't, I'm not faulting Voice Meter for that because. Like I'm removing all of the devices it's depending on mm-hmm. and then putting them back again. Like I'm, I'm like, that's a square deal. I'm not mad at voice meter for that one. Yeah. But other than that, like, I don't have any problems with it dropping things. I mean, unless I go in and start clicking stuff. Yeah. Um, I get this robot. The, I get, the robot
1: voice thing has been a, a constant issue. Um, I mean, anything would be better than your normal voice. So like, yeah. you know, <laughs> we'll take it. I, I'm not sure if that's voice meter or not though. Cause you know, you may recall before we did the voice meter stuff in the recording, I had some, I had some microphone issues at one point when we were working together Yeah, and I had to, I necked that issue down to a USB hub. And so I had to mm-hmm. plug the Yeti into a direct port on the motherboard. I, it could not be a secondary port. It couldn't be an external yeah. hub. It had to be an onboard unit. And I also got a really high end latest, latest, um, standard usb cable like mm-hmm. i like following the because because there actually are different standards on the usb cables i got the latest one and so i got a really good cable and made sure i connected that directly and the problem pretty much went away but then it kind of was similar if it, it resurfaced with voice mirror. it could i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. um anyway uh so, yeah, we were having some, <laughs> some fun setup with, with VoiceMirror before, uh, before we got started. But anyway, that is not how I wanted to start the show. But, you know, a little, little sidebar, as usual. C'est la vie. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what we do. Uh, I just got out of a really fun conversation. We do, um, we do virtual coffees at our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use a really cool tool called Donut, which hooks into Slack. And it does these... Yeah, this is neat. This is really neat. So what it does is you 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 uh you you have a Slack account, you have a Donut mm-hmm. account. You connect Donut to the Slack. You assign Donut to a a room, and you tell Donut, okay, this is my virtual coffee room. Everyone who joins that room each week gets randomly paired with somebody else in the room, and uh, it's it because Slack cool. connects with your with your with us, it connects to our Google account, so it sees our calendars. It'll actually recommend, okay, I can see that here's an, here's an open, here's openings between the two of you and it'll assign it. If you have a zoom integration, it'll attach a zoom link to the, to the invite. It's really, really cool. Hmm. And so for larger companies, it's a great way to meet new folks in the company and we're growing like gangbusters right now. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's really fun. Um, so there's a, it was an interesting tool that, that we've been playing with, um, Today I had a meeting with a guy named Robert. He is uh he's one of our implementation managers and um he lives in uh, he lives in Germany. Mm-hmm. And um he and I had a fun conversation about just regional geographic differences and things like that and we were talking about hiring and we ended up going down a really interesting rabbit hole uh about um pay and pay scales. We were talking about the the lack of staff, which we've talked about mm-hmm. in the past, and things like that, yeah, and so w- what I wanted to bring to the table here the the interesting bit for me was uh okay we've we've reached a point now where companies are going back to work, obviously the jobs are available uh, there's not a lot of people in them yet, but you know it's it's a superheated market uh, and so job uh, you know salaries are going are naturally trending up supply demand simple but We also have this rub of these companies that have been remote, or excuse me, that were traditionally on-site are now remote, and some of them are staying remote in whole or in part, and some of them, notably, you know, Google is probably the most noteworthy because they've actually done write-ups about this. They're making salary adjustments to people who are moving out regional of this, yeah regional making, adjustment of, of regional salary for
0: remote people right yeah.
1: so so the question the thing i wanted to discuss here was do what do we think the market is going to do long term because there are two ways that a company can play this option one it's what google's doing you're living in a cheaper region your cost of living is lower you're not living in san francisco you're living out in the boonies in arizona now I'm not paying you a San Francisco salary to live out in the middle of the desert. Your cost of living is just not the same. And so it does not justify that cost. And so I'm going to give you a lower salary. Okay. So they're doing adjustments. There's some kind of baseline of what the job is worth. And then it, you know, ticks up or down. Based on Which is ironic at the same time,
0: because these companies are the ones who are responsible directly for the cost of living <laughs> in the areas that they have traditionally operated.
1: Right. And that's obviously a, right. And that's not and that problem is not exclusively a, a you know, the territory of Google and other no, fang type. Not. That's certainly that's just a, that's just an urban center. It's a metro. That's yeah, a it's metro a metro thing. thing. Right. OK, so so they could do that. You could do you could do geographical adjustments. Option two, okay, I'm the company, I have my budget, I know what I need to do, I know what I need to hire, I have a number. I uh, The company always has a number. It always mm-hmm. has a top-line number that is irregardless, yeah. ah, that's a terrible word, that's not a real word, that is- um, It is not a word. It it's not, not a terrible word, because it's not a not word. word. That's true, <laughs> irregardless, I like, not, not Rube, a word, people. Rube- not a word. Rube
0: Goldbergian- we made a word Possibly irregardless. A we word. are, we are keeping not a word.
1: Right. I right. think that's Goldberg
0: Absolutely. Right. Okay. Okay. So you get it out of your system. I, I, I got it. Your... No, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm okay, probably going to play some more. I'm probably going to do some <laughs> more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And just, just because, um, so they, the company always has a number. And so it, it regardless of where the, positions going to be or anything like that. They have a top line number. Here is what I what I honestly, genuinely financially can afford and cannot afford. Mm -hmm. There is a break point for that.
0: And and if you're hybrid, that's always going to remain calibrated for your local market.
1: Well, is it though? Because what I could see happening is I could see companies as a competitive advantage moving away from geographical locations and just simply doing, this is the best I can do. And 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 offering a, the same salary to everyone regardless, which is a word, regardless of where they live. I see some cool benefits to this option. So benefit number one, I don't have to think about regions. This is a huge mental load. My company actually uses a service to do this crap, to actually look at, the, at, at local cost of living and, and local you know, rates and things like that. You eliminate a whole stream of information. Yeah, you're, you're being you're being
0: super optimistic here. We're going to wind up disagreeing. I okay, think.
1: that's good. No, no, no. <clears throat> that's uh, you know, like let's do it. So, so, yeah. so, benefit one. I don't need to think about it. Which you know, I, if I can just take a whole piece of work off my plate, that's that's fantastic. Benefit two. Uh, the uh, my my pool. Is now I, I now look at my pool of candidates much more uh, uniformly and universally. I, I I think you know one of the challenges that HR has with hiring, especially if you're remote, um, is you know w- what state of the in, you know do we support that and things like that, which is a logistical hurdle that you're not getting right. away from. But my yeah, and is- there are real world
0: costs to the business of hiring an employee in a new state. Like a that's non trivial.
1: Right, exactly. One of the things that makes that dimensionality complicated is the cost of living element. So again, if I can eliminate that, it makes it easier for me to hire across a wider area, which you know a geographical uh, diversification of your staff has a lot of there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, right. so I'm not thinking about it I you know and I don't have to you know, I can look at my 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 pool of candidates uniformly. Benefit three, my candidates, you know, reap reap the benefit. Or you know, the 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 pro or con of this. If the if the candidate lives in San Francisco, they know they live in San Francisco. They know they're going to have a higher cost of living, and so they're going to have to push for a higher salary, or you know, you know, put more of it into their cost of living, have have less you know spending cash on top of that. Right. Um, right. But they. But they, it, it's their choice. You know, they chose to live in that in that city or state. They, they, they're the and so you know they live with the consequence of that. But then they can easily just go. You know what? I don't want to do this. I, I I'd rather have the money. Pick up, move somewhere more more rural. Save a, you know pocket a bunch of cash in the difference. It, it puts the onus of all of this stuff on the employee i'm a huge proponent of employee agency and ownership of you know decision making and so this to me feels like the best solution because the company just says you do whatever the hell you want okay you live wherever you want to live it's totally fine and if you live in a rural this is what the job is worth to us this is it this is the number this is what this job with you in it is worth to us and you live wherever you want. And if it costs you more, it costs you more. If it costs you less, it costs you less. We don't care. You know, it's sort of, it, it's, a, it's a level of separation and it is a tan, tangible benefit to the employee because now you have people that, you know, can make some, some serious bank uh, just by, you know, picking a different geographical region. Yeah, we thinking about it.
0: <clears throat> yeah, thinking about it. Well, first of all, I, I think there's... um. It's a little it's a weird conversation to me to think, well, in the long term, we may not do this geographical uh, pricing anymore because that's so new. That is such a recent development uh, in terms of not not the core concept, but widespread implementation where it's kind of now normal. It became a normal thing relatively recently. So the idea that we're already talking about, well, maybe someday we're not going to do this anymore. Um, it just seems weird in my in my brain. I would um,
1: disagree. I think it's been normal, but what happened is the normalcy of it got pushed down into smaller companies. It used to be something that only large national inter- when I say national or international, I mean companies that have a, an employee base spread across the country, spread around the world. They all well, no, I don't think this. I don't think
0: it's. But you're talking about you're talking about if I have a regional office if I'm a U.S. based company I have a regional office in Germany and Japan yeah pay scales are going to be different per right. country I don't think that's that's nothing new no but it's I think not. you know when I think and maybe this is just because I'm I'm in the healthcare world I'm kind of limited to the United States but mm-hmm. I can't hire somebody from England even if I want to because we're dealing, with, yeah, but even we're dealing a, okay. with like health information that can't leave the border. So like within that, the idea that your average company is going to start weighting the pay scale based off your position, geographic position within this country, that is a newer thing.
1: Uh, again, I think my, my original point stands, like a large company, forget international, a large national company that has employees spread across the U.S. in various states, for various offices. You know, you can go back into the 80s where this wasn't an issue, right? You have a company, you know, IBM, you know, national company, lots of offices all around. We
0: are talking about remote employees, though. We're, We're talking, talking about a well, one company with a remote workforce. We're not talking about a brick and mortar company that has multiple offices because, yes, each of those local offices will have potentially their own pay scale. That's exactly that's a that's, decision that every company's made. I'm
1: not talking about that. I'm talking about a remote work, but that's here. is but that I'm not what that, you're that, saying? Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying they're the same thing. They're just, they're just, it's it's just sliced into smaller pieces. A national company that has offices, workers spread around the country is going to pay them on different scales based on their, their region. Right. Okay. Right. A company mm-hmm. that has workers working out of their homes. Now spread across the country is paying them based on region. So I, so no, it is not new. It is, its you know, where their butt is sitting is slightly different. The, you know, the, the office so versus that's where, home, that's where that's,
0: that's my disconnect then, because okay. in my mind, the conversation we're having is up until, and I'm going to say relatively recently and not define that term up until doing. relatively recently, a company with a central headquarter, and let's just keep it that simple. You have okay. one office somewhere in the United States would have not, geographically adjusted pay scale for all of their remote workers correct so like you and i right. both worked for a company a while back uh there was a physical office in dc neither of us had ever been there never was 95 percent of the employees were remote employees and consultants yeah. were almost entirely remote there were like six people that actually went to that office most of us had never been there that company did not adjust pay scale because you were in state college and i'm in des moines nope. and somebody else is in miami correct right that was until very recently the normal thing to do so it's relatively recent that a company would say we have one small central office yes but most of our workforce is remote and so we're going to start paying people on different scales or i should say and adjust we're going to modulate we're going to moderate your pay scale based on your local cost of living index And that is a relatively new thing but you're not wrong it's exactly what they've been doing. When you have brick and mortar satellite offices and no remote employees, it's a relatively,
1: and that's that goes back to what I said. It's a relatively new thing for the size of these companies. A small, a small firm before the age of the internet. I don't see
0: that size has anything to do with it. Well,
1: if it was a smaller firm with less people, it would li- and they would all live if if the internet wasn't an option, they would all, by definition, be in the same place, and so they would all be, you know.
0: No, look at a look at a small creative studio that has an office in LA and an office in New York, and there's 20 people in each. That's a small company by any definition. Right. You're going to have two different pay scales for which city you're in, right? I worked for a, uh, I did a lot of consulting for a national brand you'd recognize back in the day, and they had uh, headquarters in Illinois, and they had regional, now I mean, a dozen regional offices. Um, and and the, those pay scales, I would have expected them to be different for those brick and mortar employees at the different satellite offices. Right. I don't see that size is a difference.
1: No, no, no. Um, it's it's not. I'm I'm suggesting that, like it's the same you,
0: dynamic. He, I have a brick and mortar office in a city. I got to pay what that city demands.
1: You're yes, no. You're you're right. I, I, what I'm suggesting is this has the problem has become more pervasive because of the internet. Because you have smaller and smaller what companies. problem. The, the, diver- the spread of employees across a geographic area, it's not a problem. The, the effect of the internet is that you don't need to be all in the same location. And so the ability right. to spread workers around has gotten wider and wider. As we push it used- to the
0: edges a little bit. We we so instead of edge. having right. a dozen different moderated pay scales by geography, now we've got N, where N is your number of employees, because right. every one of them could be in a different right. And city.
1: my and my point about size was just simply that this problem would generally affect a larger size org because it would, by definition, what be problem. The, the I'm you're losing of, me here somewhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I we're, didn't have enough coffee yeah, we're, today. We're, we're, we're yeah, I mean we're talking. Two ships we're, in we're not the even night. Talking, Yeah, we're two ships and we're not talking about the actual problem. So I'm just going to sidestep it for now. Um, you can listen to the recap and maybe it'll make sense. Um, or we can argue about oh, it Oh, thank you for that. Oh, yeah, I'm going go, to
0: be the one to re-listen and then can, make sense of it. Right, you can go back to the videotape. Because clearly I the I null hypothesis is that I am at fault. Yeah, I understand. I mean, you can
1: watch the videotape and see where you screwed up in this because that is thank 100% you that. I appreciate
0: that so much. Well, it's I why I'm appreciate that here. so much. It's, it's, it's no, why I'm it's, here. You're
1: doing, it's a public service. Yeah.
0: All right, so back You should ba- get a tax to, break for this.
1: To the To the point at hand, you're suggesting that it's that you know pay by region is relatively new okay granted fine let's say it is uh i you know is it going to stick around i that's that's really the question is are we going to continue down the pay by region track? i
0: wasn't making a point here by the way right like to go back to the original point i'm yeah. not making i'm just saying to me it's it's weird that we're in a spot talking about not doing something that just started 3 minutes ago
1: right I see
0: what you're saying. All right, that's so, that's that was just like a side comment. We went on right, a whole, right, and we went we a whole went toward, sidebar.
1: Then we went sidebar again. That's right. I yeah. I need a I need a I need a sidebar. Sound like a life. little cocktail glass. I was like, yeah, exactly. Clink, like a cocktail yeah. drink going down the down the thing or something yeah. down down the bar. Right. Yeah. I, like like some, clink of ice. Yeah, in a, in a tumbler. Clink, that's of. exactly yeah. what I thought of. In that a highball. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. I'm I'm opening. So you need a little. I'm opening my yeah. my, my. We need my, to figure uh, this out. I'm gonna figure this out while
0: we're while we're here. Um. Yeah. <laughs> or the or the soda fountain. You could. You could there's a number of things people mingling in the background. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So, so anyway, what what in the heck were the points? So I think this is something where I think um, brand, I, I, in my mind, I think part of the it's not like my entire analysis, but I think part of this is that companies are going to start trading on their brand in a way that they have not done before. Because let's suppose I'm really dead set to work for, you know, Am- I don't know if Amazon's doing it, but we're just going to pick on Amazon. Amazon's allowing remote work and Amazon is moderating pay scale by local cost of living index, right? Let's just assume that's true. Okay. Cause I think it's a safe bet. It is. If, you know, that one of the nice things that does for me as an employee, I really like working at Amazon. And if I decide to go somewhere else physically, I can anticipate that I won't lose or I shouldn't lose too much money, right? If I'm out in the sticks and I decide I want to move to the big city, I should see an adjustment in my pay scale, can measure it with that move that should love, roughly offset the cost of living increase so that I can maintain my standard of living wherever I choose to be. Mm-hmm. And so- that creates a little bit of a challenge for the company administratively because they hire a bunch of people wherever they are if at some point their workforce decides that they want to urbanize all of a sudden that company's paying a lot more than they used to that's true um, that they didn't anticipate yeah now one of the nice things though is i could say look just because i'm out in the sticks let's say my role normally makes a hundred thousand dollars why should i only make 68 because i'm out in the sticks my time Mm -hmm. is worth this
1: Mm-hmm. and and
0: this is where I say the companies are really going to start trading on their brand in a different way. Now I get to decide whether I want your logo on my resume bad enough to take that opportunity cost of that income mm-hmm. or I've got to uproot and go someplace else and the opposite is also true, right the company can say then okay great yeah you want the full experience you come here you get the full pay and so they can use again, uh treating their logo like a mascot they can you know the logo itself becomes part of the bargaining chip yeah because which, otherwise if i have like a, a medium or small company that's not doing this and i think this is maybe where your point was starting to you know maybe i'm getting closer to your actual point here uh if a, if a small to medium-sized company is not geographically adjusting pay then i'm going to make potentially a lot more going to work for mid-size XYZ Corp than I am for Amazon because Amazon's penalizing me for where I live.
1: This is- the And so it's going to
0: create better competition for correct. the smaller businesses exactly. who aren't doing this. And so I think it's it's a really good competitive pressure because otherwise what's going to happen, everybody's going to follow what Silicon Valley does because Irma Gersh, that's Silicon Valley. We have to do whatever cargo calling they- Follow you know, to
1: Google's. follow
0: the leader, right? Let's, let's put a bunch of boxes up and pretend it's an airfield. And so I think ultimately if they start doing it, smaller companies start doing it. And then that just becomes how things are done. And I'm not taking a position on whether that's like, I'm not taking a moral or ethical position on this, but, but let's say the big guys start doing that. It would filter down, but for the competitive counter pressure that the small guys aren't doing that. And so it's, you know yeah, there's, I see there's this a balance a, there
1: right so it's another lever for every company to turn mm-hmm. you know it's a, it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a nuance it's very nuanced because we you, you're talking about salary and salary is already a knob you turn but how the company approaches that salary and and their budget for it is is a knob that they get to turn and this is once yeah. again a great equalizer of large firms versus small firms because mm-hmm. you know you can offer you know, the company that's uh, you know small to midsize can offer whatever salary they can afford to offer, regardless of where they live or where the where the candidate lives, and put that onus on the candidate. That becomes you know that freedom becomes a benefit. That mm-hmm. additional money that they make by not living in the city becomes a benefit. If they would rather have the benefit of living in the city, because there are benefits to that too. the, the you know the the yeah. population density comes with benefits. There are pros and cons to everything, but they get to choose that. And the salary is already accounting for that Mm -hmm. in a manner of speaking. You know, it's what the company can afford to pay you, period. It doesn't matter where they're located, where you're located. This is what we can afford to pay. And Mm -hmm. so it just, it simplifies the transaction and gives them a, I I think, a perk on top. Yeah. And we've, and we've talked
0: about this before. Like if, if my family dies in some horrible plane crash, uh, I'm moving to like Montana, because yeah, for the too. last almost decade, yes. I've worked for companies based in metro areas that did not uh, exercise pay, discri- you know, geo pay discrimination. Um, and I'll take the arbitrage. I don't care if I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't like people anyway. right? So right. I'm going to yeah. go to the lowest cost of living place that I can tolerate and find the highest paying remote job that I can get and bank the difference. Right. That's yeah. always been in my mind the value proposition for remote work at, you know, like going back many years. Um, because it also widens the talent pool. Like, yeah, okay, Huge. you have a metro area. Yeah. What happens with metro area, with the talent pool in a metro area? Yeah, you have a lot more supply, but you also have wild swings in availability and demands. And so you can have a local market overheat on a dime, and all of a sudden, you're paying 20 30 40% more than you used to and not finding quality candidates. That's a problem. Like, it has long been a business reality that for work that can be done remote, and not all can, um, it is a competitive advantage uh, from, a, from a talent acquisition standpoint to widen your geographical net and embrace remote. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, exa- exactly. So, I, I only see, you know, I, I, see the, I see companies look at the geographic, uh, you know, cost of living adjustments for based on geography. They see that right. as a as a cost saver, and my theory is that it's really not as much of a cost saver as you think it is, because you have to dedicate time and money to to doing that. Like that's a thing that's that a you little fallacious, though. You,
0: yeah, but it's time and money that you're otherwise dedicating to doing brick and mortar. So I think it's an offset. No, to no, be no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's time and money you dedicate to doing, you know, regional adjustment for remote employees as opposed to not doing oh, oh, regional oh, adjustment. For no, remote, I misunderstood. Remote employees. Then I rescind yeah. my rescind my comment. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, it's, But it's, I think it's
0: a workforce, right? If you get a ten person consultancy, it's not probably worth it to do a lot of this. Um, no. You're if right. you right, if you are IBM and you've got 100,000 employees, then yeah, it probably is worth a little bit of effort um, because if you're going to shave 5% off of, your, off of your salary spend, that's meaningful dollars and cents on average. Um, so I think there's a little bit of a, a, a diseconomy of scale almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, or an economy of scale from the, you know, depending on which way you look at it, yeah, it is that's an economy actually, of you know, scale I didn't even question. think
1: about that, but a company that's hiring only a few employees would look at this and go, oh, this is a non-issue. I don't even need to think about it, which actually elevates them quite a bit in comparison to their to their larger counterparts who are going to have a more vested interest in doing this simply because of the sheer size of their of their teams. Yeah. And so- And
0: I'm not saying five percent to like a small business owner is not a huge deal. Yeah, but it's—I don't mean to to imply that at all. But what I'm saying is that five percent to a small business owner is not the same dollars incentive that five percent to IBM would be. Right.
1: It's—it's the way I optimize my database for size and speed when it's you know a little piddly thing for a website on a single server is not the same way that I approach optimization for size and speed when it is terabytes in size
0: those are two Oh, it is for me problems it is no it is for me actually
1: because i don't do either <laughs>
0: <laughs> apparently
1: he <laughs> does not do either one very well if at all if recent history is to is is our guide did you avoid your sev we did yeah Closed oh good out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, I'm, I'm glad yeah. i'm glad to hear that it yeah. wasn't but it wasn't that crazy query that we discussed last week
0: No, no, that was, I mean, that was uh, potentially an issue, but a little bit of a red herring. We, we don't, honestly, we don't know. We, we have, we have done so many and somebody on the team actually raised a good analogy for this kind of said like a highway. You have one car on the highway. It can do 70. You have a lot of cars on the highway. They can all do 70. You add one car too many and all of a sudden everybody's doing 40. Right. And I think what happened is we just took just enough cars off the highway because we don't We don't actually have an RCA for this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a laundry list of all of the different, I'm going to say, quote, minor, although one of them may have been the thing, performance Mm -hmm. improvements that we made, uh, application network, infrastructure database. I I mean, you know, holistic uh, review of, of any negative performance indicator was addressed, and I think we did enough that we were able to satisfy what, is, what has been our highest traffic to date. Mm-hmm. Um, so not that I, you know, um, it's, it's, it's not a scalability thing. Uh, it's just that we, um, you know, and, and it's cycles. I, I've often thought about implementing like a TikTok strategy for my development teams where, and it's not, not necessarily equal time, but we do some sprint or sprints on feature enhancement and bug fix. Mm-hmm. And then at some point there are sprints about Optimization, refactoring and optimization, um, and kind of adopting the TikTok. I don't know if, I don't know if it would be practical, my current teams, but it's kind of a thought experiment I've been playing with anyway.
1: Mm,
0: I see. We went way off the rails there. Yeah. So I think there's, there's <laughs> an economy of scale, um, for the, for the regional pay discussion.
1: Mm. Yeah. It, it's, I, I the, and the thing is, I, I think there's already evidence that you, you could go that way anyway, because if you are a national company, if you're hiring like, like you in healthcare, you're hiring in the U.S., okay? Mm-hmm. You break down the U.S. by geographic region within the U.S., okay? If you are a international company, you are you are likely to do the breakdown, but you're doing it at a higher resolution. You're breaking it down based on country. Or, you know, actual, you know, global level region. You may not think about a single country in South America. You may think about South America, the continent. Right. As as right. a, you know, for 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 purposes of, of uh of reimbursement. Um that's that's actually kind of where my conversation went that that made me think this would be interesting to talk about because um Robert lives in Germany and if he worked for a German company they could do, they would do geographic breakdown within Germany, but in a larger international company, it's just the German rate. You know, it's just, there's one rate for the whole country. Yes. It's, it's
0: it's perspective, right? It's, it's how far you're zoomed in. Um, like we, so we've, we're like connoisseurs of Southern and Eastern, pardon me, Pennsylvania. So if I talk to somebody from Wilmington or Newark, Mm -hmm. I say, oh, I'm in Lancaster. And they generally know that's you know, an hour or two west of Philadelphia. If mm-hmm. I talk to somebody from Flagstaff, I say Pennsylvania. Right, true, yeah. You know what I mean? If they're in Cleveland, I say Philadelphia, mm-hmm. right? And so how far the person is from mm-hmm. you dictates like how generalized your I'm from statement becomes mm-hmm. to try to give them like the most specific uh, data point they're actually going to recognize. Mm-hmm. But that is, that is interesting that there's no interest. Now, do you have well, i don't know if you know
1: this but do you do you have a large german footprint in the workforce there or is like just this guy it's a i mean it's a it's a company that is growing nationally and or excuse me internationally and they have um they have growing footprints across um across europe and and asia and and the us uh, i'm not sure how many are actually in germany specifically but i'll say that there is a significant population in europe broadly Mm. i I would say i would wonder
0: i would wonder how so so the companies uh the companies pay adjustment for germany and i'm doing scare quotes i wonder how that compares to what it would be for a german company looking at all of the different uh all the different areas within germany like is that uh, is that a mean number for all Germany? Is that weighted for urban? Well, ed, like I, said, I, I they would be curious.
1: Down, they break it down between the, the metros and the rural areas. Much oh, okay. Like what we do. Okay. If you're if okay. you're a German company hiring a German employee in Germany, no, no. I mean, I mean for your company oh, oh, oh. using
0: the, the the one single German rate. Uh-huh. Like, I wonder how that single German rate compares to their urban and their oh, rural oh, rates oh, internally. Oh, yeah, I have no. That's I, all I know. I mean no to idea. say. Yeah. yeah, I have
1: no idea. Um, I mean, things, idle curiosity. Well, things get really janky. I I don't, this is an argument I can't stretch too far because the argument gets really janky really quick because, um, most in Germany, for example, they've got a nationalized healthcare plan. And so the notion of attaching healthcare benefits to your employment is a, is not a thing over there. They look at, um, from what he told me, they look at PTO time and your salary. Like that's it. It's those two things. How much PTO do you get? What's your salary? Mm -hmm. End of story. Um, I'm not even sure if they have, how much uh, they put into um, retirement plans and doing matching and things like that. Sounded like they may have, they may do pensions, but even, I mean, pensions are few and far between here. I'm not sure what they'd be like in the overseas either. I hate, I I don't want to get too like, you know, we, we, we
0: strive to avoid politics here, but I really, really hope we get to a point where health insurance is not tied to employment anymore.
1: That yeah. needs to
0: happen here in yeah. such a big way because it so its Harshly disadvantages the wrong segment of the population at exactly the wrong time consistently. <laughs> it's it's really it's it's actually disgusting like I, that.
1: Well, there. I mean, the market has actually come up with, you know, trust the market to solve the problems. Uh, you look at, um, I don't know if it was a pick before, but uh, you know, my company, before we got acquired, we were using a service called Trinet. Right? Tristar? Trinet. Trinet. And Trinet was, it's a HR as a service, mm-hmm. effectively. The employees are employed on paper by Trinet. And then they just have an agreement with the actual company that I work for to say, Okay, you're employed by us. Do whatever they tell you to do, and so it's purely just a pass through. But in doing so, Trinet is a big ass employer, and so they they can get all the big health care deals. Right, that's fine. As size. soon as
0: you're no longer an employee, you lose your benefits. So that's the problem. Oh, 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 oh! I see
1: what you're. I see what you're saying.
0: I see what you're saying. Okay. That just moves. That, that just That's that's a that's a shell game that doesn't address the actual issue that like that, you know, I don't know what what do people usually use in a shell game? It's like a marble or something that marble shouldn't be on the table where the the shells are. These
1: kids do these days. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan Freeman. No, no,
0: thank you. uh, Thank you. World War Two, you know, wage freezes for this horrible system we have.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's janky. It's definitely janky, and I, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the answer is. Um, but uh, yeah. you know, it, it is. I have, it. A, I have a, I have have a pick today.
0: Ooh, uh, okay. So I'm, I'm tuned. as you know, I've um, I don't, I, I don't like Apple like computers, but I love their personal devices, and I've got a few of them. Um, and so Belkin has a really great three in one, uh, wireless charging base for the phone the airpods and the watch um and i've got it on my desk it's a quality product uh it can do the whatever the 20 volt i think fast charging is um mm-hmm. it's a really if you're if you've i know you're not personally but um yeah, for any yeah, okay, any God, yeah. apple fanboys <laughs> for any apple fanboys is a it's a really great product Too much I, I just keep it right on the desk in front of me to be easy. oh is that right yeah. okay mm-hmm. yeah 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 you, so respect for your money and, and not your, your privacy over the long term. I understand. I understand.
1: <laughs> oh, I just don't trust anything. I don't trust anybody with anything is basically how I, how I operate. <laughs> right. Says the guy that uses cloud services exclusively with a, with a, with an encryption, with a key based encryption service. So they can't see it. And if I lose the key, I'm SOL for my content. So no, I don't so trust what do you, anybody. So what do you do? Do
0: you like have a not, not key pass? What was it called? Um, do you do you like mount an encrypted drive from your cloud share folder like what do well, you actually do there's a couple there? different
1: ways you can do it i'm using a service it's a uh it's a like a zero knowledge encryption service called box cryptor mm-hmm. based, based out of germany cripper, yep. and they work with a bunch of different cloud vendors including dropbox and onedrive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm uh it's attached to your account the key is basically attached to your account and it, and the stuff is encrypted if you lose your account you lose your password you lose your stuff um you know they they can't recover it for you but what they do is they act as a go between and the stuff gets going into the shared drive it gets encrypted now they mount their software will mount their own drive and then it passes like the encryption passes through there so if I look at my Dropbox account raw, like if I go to Dropbox.com, I'll find all these files. All the files will be prefixed or suffixed, excuse me, with a certain extension. I forget what it is. I think it might be BC for Boxcryptor, but there are all these .bc files, and right, they're, they're right. non-readable garbage. <clears throat> yeah. But if I look at them through my Box yeah, the Cryptor, way to do this in
0: the way to do this in the old days would have been to you know have your Dropbox or whatever, and then create a, a TrueCrypt file a back five within yep. that. Yep. but the trick was you needed you needed the sync service and the um and the and the 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 uh drive the the encryption software to support uh block level diffs because right. otherwise you're sending like a 4 gig a file every time you file. add a period to a text right. file um <laughs> <laughs> right, so, and that actually that actually that worked route. really well and it was completely it was completely trust no one completely pre-internet encryption there was no way that you could like mess it up
1: right um right um this is a nice this is a nice um middle middle ground where it's a it's a zero now zero trust but it's also much simpler setup you still have the it's a file-based encryption mm-hmm. so all the files you can make an argument that each one of the files is using its, uh, you know, is not using its own unique encryption key. But I think they're all salted individually. So mm-hmm. even that is, you know, not, not a super good argument. Um, but I do that. So that's what I do. So I, I, I yes, cloud services still don't trust anybody. <laughs> and <laughs> now, and now you
0: just got to pick a password other than one, two, three, four, five. You'll be like, set. That's the same one I have on
1: my luggage. <laughs> and he smashes it. Uh, I had another interesting conversation with somebody else in the company recently. They were, um, manager of a team looking to actually add some managers underneath of them Mm -hmm. and, uh, wanted to, by the way, I don't know if we ever said this, but it it occurred to me as we started talking about salaries and things like that. And then I thought about my follow-up comment here. So, um, sidebar we end up you know we talk about this show being the you know the the inter you know the intersection of of technology and and business and technology and leadership and things like that but we end up talking a lot about hiring and personnel and 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 people and 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 those kinds of things and i mean we do tech of course too but we we end up focusing in a lot on the people uh i'm not sure if we i'm sure if we've said it recently i think it's worth repeating at some regular interval That the reason we end up talking a lot about people and personnel is because as a leader, even wherever you're at in the org, you know, as a leader over, you know, with a team, that team, those people are the most important thing you can do with your time. It doesn't matter what part of the org you work in, whether it's finance or marketing or tech or anything like that. You take care of your people. And that process is pretty ubiquitous across most disciplines inside an org um fully fully agreed uh there's a um just a reminder for everybody why do you guys talk all this people (laughs) yeah well that's
0: because that's what matters that's what matters no matters there's a great new podcast out of the changelog network called ship it uh gerhard lazou i think is his name he runs it and in his little intro spiel um he has a clip and i have it i immediately adopted this as my own uh he's got a, a quip where he says we focus on the people because everything else is an implementation detail. Uh, uh yes, and and excellent. And actually, actually, I, I'm going to go. Uh, this is a two pick show. Right, two we've picks. never done this before. Uh, Ship it. Uh, we'll link that. is is a really good, uh, really good show. Okay, so we've um, got
1: the Ship It podcast, super augmented, silent, and deadly. I just might end up
0: enjoying this.
1: And then we've got the
0: Belkin, the, the Belkin three in one wireless Belkin charging base. Apple.
1: Pod hipster charred, three and one. Oh my whatever. gosh, you're suffering. Super augmented,
0: silent and deadly.
1: Yeah, whatever. I just might end up enjoying this. I won't enjoy that one. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> Apple. I refuse. I refuse to enjoy it. I refuse to have fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but fun. yeah, so it's that's and that's the idea. Whether you're like a and I think traditionally like manager. Manages contributors and directors manage managers. That seems yeah, there's uh, like a, there's a general a tier, pattern. There's a calendar. Um, like whatever level of leadership you have one direct report or your full org chart is 300 people. Like the people are the thing you need to optimize for because you hire good people, you point them in the right direction and get out of their way. Lots of other problems solve
1: themselves. Universally. That's, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say it universally. The crappy leaders I have seen focus on not the people. They focus on yeah. other. What it could be an, yeah. an innumerable number of things, but it is always not the people on their team.
0: Tasks, deadlines, processes, Sales. rules, sa- whatever it is, whatever it is, it's not the people, and that is not. Now, I mean, you can't let the other stuff go, right? You're still right. in a position. No, you yeah, still have a responsibility to make sure that blah blah blah. Job blah. one, uh, but. Job one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even like a chief among equals. It is number one and the rest can be tied for number two. I don't care. It is number one
1: with a gap.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's my feeling.
1: So Agreed. All right. So So that's a little PSA. Maybe we'll do that on a, I don't know, quarterly basis or something like that. Anyway, so I'm talking to this manager. He wants to hire, he wants to elevate some of his team members to be managers. He's got a team of, I don't know. Some size that it's it's more than five you know it's you know, somewhere between 10 20 something like that it's enough bodies that you can't do regular one-on-ones on a recurring basis yeah. you're, you're just too many people no. um in my experience the magic number is somewhere around five-ish is like the a good number of direct reports after that you end up sinking a ton of time into it and you're not giving each one of them the necessary attention. Anyway, that's yeah. You can't
0: you can't give any of them enough attention when they need it. And I always tell my directs that like my job here is to make yours a success Mm -hmm. because if I if I do that, everybody wins. Everybody wins exactly. And so yeah. And so yeah. I've done you know I've had as little as one. I've had as many as ten or twelve. And that's Mm -hmm. way you're you're running way too hot at that point to really offer meaningful support when somebody needs it Um, because. you know, you have more, it's like, it's like a rate array. The more discs you add, the safer you are from losing one, but the higher probability one is going to fail at some point. Right. As soon as you have two people that both need you now, like you're, you've already lost, you know? And so, yeah, I think, I think five, five to eight, you know, that's like,
1: that's that's kind of my magic number. Definitely less than 10. You want to stay single digit, like double digit is the red line. Double digit is the red line, I think. Um, unless your job is to say, actually uh, be it, a manager, that's the thing though. Like, if your role is just is just management, I have a team, and it's my job to make sure that team has what they need and can do what they need to do, and you know, there is no secondary uh, role to it. You know, like, so like you, so you, you like are managing your sales. team,
0: and you are not you are not solely facilitating
1: anything. You are just there. Yours, you are solely uh, facilitating that yeah. team. You know, and, you know, and maybe you've got some strategic initiatives, but that's not your job. One, your job one is is taking care of the team. And then job two is, you know, a, a moving target of other ancillary things that support that mission. Depends you know on I, mean? I think. Yeah,
0: that's not a universal rule, but I would say no. for like
1: for, like for tech. Yeah.
0: yeah. OK, I guess. I think yeah. it's a good
1: it's a good rule of thumb. It's a good. Rule I don't of think thumb, you think.
0: can be much. I don't think you can be much more than like. So if you're talking about like 10 or 15 people, like 10 or 15 contributors directly under you, I don't think I don't think you can do more than basically just become a delivery manager. Exactly, I mean, like that's you're exactly not, my point. That's exactly my not, point. And I'm not denigrating delivery managers because that's like where they're required, that's a vital role just like everybody else. I'm not, that's, not, that's not my comment there, but um, you're not doing anything other than that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like you're so, not taking on side projects, you're not doing your own work, you're not, yeah. you
1: know, it's, yeah. Anyway, this is all this is all ancillary to the point. The point was this manager has a bunch of people. He wants to elevate some managers so that he can offload some of his direct reports, lower his his load of direct reports mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also give some of his higher performers the opportunity to be managers, to to grow in their in their role and their professional capabilities.
0: Sounds like this guy's in a great position and has a good mindset.
1: Great. OK, good. Yeah. We're, we're good so far. Where we stumbled a little bit was when we talked about okay, now I want them to be managers. I, I'm I am paraphrasing. I'm I'm really condensing this down. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, great. I want them to be managers, but I also want to put guardrails around them as much as possible so that they don't, you know, screw things up and don't, you know, negatively and adversely affect themselves. Which, in, 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 mm. a- in anyone's defense, is is. Understand, it's an understandable approach. I have somebody; they're new. I don't want them to fall on their face and feel bad, or get in trouble, or negatively impact the you know company outcomes, business outcomes. Totally understand that. However, if they don't, yeah, I actually, get the underlying concern,
0: but the way that that's positioned is maybe well, indicating- it's not even
1: positioning.
0: It's actually this is
1: a this is a uh, road of good intentions leading to yeah. unwanted yeah. places here. The problem is that it. This is this is perfectly well intentioned behavior. Unfortunately, it's not going to get the desired outcome. If the if no. the manager, if the person, it doesn't matter if it's a manager role or an individual contributor role. If they do not have, there are two key ingredients for every job, every and 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 management. When management flubs, this is where they flub ninety nine times out of hundred. You need two key ingredients. You need, uh, you need, you know, autonomy. You know you need to you need to own the role and you need the authority. you, you need you need to be able to make decisions. You need to have decision making. oh my gosh. You okay, to- so
0: whether I'm a contributor or a board member, give me the responsibility but it comes with the authority to make it happen. Right. One does not go without the other.
1: Yes. responsible. You have to have, you're responsible for the outcomes. I totally, I botched it. You you are responsible for doing the work and and, and responsible for the outcomes, but then you also have the, you know, the authority to make decisions that directly influence the outcome. Exactly. exactly. I don't give me one without the other. That's not consistent. You literally cannot. Yeah. You can do it, and then things just don't work. You it, it gets janky. Well, I have seen it
0: done. Yeah, I have seen, seen it, it done. done, and it always ends in every 100 of the time that ends in failure.
1: Yeah, and you're well, you, what you end up with is people that don't make decisions, and so you haven't actually delegated anything because the decision still yeah. bubbles all the way up to the person who actually mm-hmm. holds the authority, and then bubbles all the way back down. And you've all mm-hmm. you've done is you've increased the the cycle time because there are now more people between the decision and the authority and so you want that authority yeah, you're just to adding live risk. with uh, right and so you want the the authority to live with the responsibility if and so while it's a noble gesture uh well intentioned gesture to to try and keep that you know to separate those two and to to minimize the risk if they don't actually have it then they're not actually assuming the role and we all know like we all know when we're be, when we're getting a babysitting kind of, kind of deal, you know, if, if you don't have, if you're not actually empowered to make decisions, like, you know, that, and you know, that it, you, you, uh, oh, I don't know this. Oh, it's not my job. Oh, I have to you know talk to this other person. You know, mm-hmm. that feels crappy to, yeah. to most people. Most people actually yeah. want to have some sense of agency and decision-making responsibility and authority in the mm-hmm. process that they own. And so I, pointed this out and you know cautioned against, okay, you don't want none. You want some, not as much as yourself, maybe. Maybe there's a piece that you want to do in tandem with them, at least until they become more comfortable and then you hand it off more fully. But they need well, to, I, uh, and the way I described it was they need to own it. They need to be able to fail. They need to have the ownership of their results, positive positive and negative they have to be able to to own the results of their of their actions
0: yeah i don't think i where i um not that i'm like explicitly disagreeing with your analysis i think about it a little differently and i think okay so you're talking about it as a binary and your point is it's not actually binary which i think is valid there's another dimension of it though which is Okay, so let's assume it being binary is the, the root fallacy here. Then okay. one of the responses to this is it doesn't have to be binary. The other part of that, I think the other side of that coin is you don't have to go from zero straight to one.
1: Okay. And that's kind of
0: the other side of what you're saying. So I think about it and I say, okay, you've got, you've got a, a, a manager. They're, the team's too big. They need to start to stratify. This is a natural evolution of a team. Uh, rather than say, I'm going to identify one or two or three new managers and do that promotion and then be worried they're going to fail. Okay, so let's start with making them a team lead. And let's start with whatever subset of responsibility I can immediately give them as team lead as not. I mean, you could even just straight up call it a, a probation. So we're going to do this for three months or six months. And when we see that this works and when we work out the kinks, then we're gonna make that official with, a, with a, a retitling into management and at that point, you know, remainder of, of responsibility. But you have to have a clear goal of what they're doing now as a contributor and how, how that job changes as a manager. So define zero and one mm-hmm. and then say, okay, out of the menu, let's say that's 10 things that change, you maybe you're already doing three of them. That's great. We're going to give you another three now and work closely with you to make sure that that's a success. And I think the having the clarity of the roadmap, like what you're doing now, what's the delta to what you're going to be doing. And then passing off discrete things from that list over time as sort of a as sort of an, an easier on-ramp for the both of you. For the for the person to get used to the new role. And then for you To mitigate any concerns you have about dumping a bunch of new stuff on them and saying, "Okay, good luck, have fun and walking away and then losing sleep because you think if they fail, you fail and and there's risk of that.
1: Well, yeah, but what you're the, the, the only I think you're thinking of this, but, you know, just in case you're not, you know, the irreducible minimum there is that in each of those little things that you're handing off, you are handing it off. That person now owns that oh, yeah. thing and the responsibility for that thing and the authority to do that thing. So that's the, you know, I mean, that is the irreducible minimum. If you can shrink what the scope of the of the responsibility and authority is down, then yeah, you should. But right, it and my has point there being, both you're sides not of that coin.
0: Exactly right, and my point there is to clarify that whether it's all of the job change at once or these smaller subsets of it. You're not giving them the responsibility without the authority as Correct. a trial balloon. You're giving them a whole little thing,
1: a whole little thing,
0: right, right, it's and then you can the do that package. over time. Exactly right. Yeah, it's no, always. I think that's. Pack. I think that's really. Yeah, that's really wise. Yeah, oh, I would agree I with this. Oh,
1: oh, thank you. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I did say it
0: so. You know, yeah, I'm glad. You know, well, I'm glad we're here to, to bump your ego. Does, that's, that's helpful. There's no
1: need for an ego stroke when it's just facts. Just when it's facts. just facts.
0: Yeah, you know you're gonna need new headphones if your head swells anymore. I mean, these, these actually <laughs> have quite a few notches left. It's it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not sure that they do. You need to
1: validate this.
0: Well if you have thoughts on uh, on the transition from contributorship to managership, we would love to hear those. You can email us at feedback at refactor.work. Uh, send us an email or, or voice recording and email us that. We'll play it on the show and we'll post edit it to make you sound like a buffoon. Uh, if you go to refactor.work, uh, you'll see their show notes, archives, uh, book recommendations, everything we've got going on. You can find Frank online at hotcoals.com. That's K-O-E-H-L-S dot com. You can find my ramblings. It's a weird spelling. It's It's a stupid name. a stupid name for a stupid man. (laughs) You can find my ramblings at tonkinson.com. And this has been episode 40 of the Refactored Podcast for September 23rd, 2021. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, buddy. Catch you later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. <laughs> Bye.